Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I will be your host for Minute 96. I am Robert E.G. Black. With me is my, I hope by the time you're listening to this, co-host of Greetings from Wonderfalls, where we discuss each episode of the short-lived television series Wonderfalls, Alice Lauren. Oh yes, I hope so too. Hey everyone! So, we both only recently saw this movie for the first time, so do you have any general things about the whole movie? Wow, I'm surprised this is your first time. Yeah, I'd never seen it. You're the movie buff. (laughs) Yeah. We only get a little bit of Fred and a little bit of Al in this. None of the women... We don't get any Homer, so if you have any general thoughts on the movie you want to get out, you can. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's an interesting piece. Um, you know, I don't know if this is, like, a rewatchable film by any means for me, but, but de- definitely very interesting, incredibly impressed how fast they got out a lot of these post-war issues. Yeah. Literally, like, a year post-war. That is absolutely impressive to me. Well, and the movie was still doing, like, post-production in September, and it came out in, I think, early December. So it was really fast turnaround. Incredible. We start Minute 96. We're still in Midway Drugstore. Sticky is showing Fred the perfume counter. But, of course, Sticky is, you know, a man now, not however old he was when Fred was... The characters are all... should be younger than they are. Fred is supposed to be like 19. Oh, wow. But he's played by a guy who's in his 30s. <laughs> oh. To be fair, it's not like the book. Like he went off to war much younger and he should be 19 now? Yeah. Wow. 19 now. Yeah. Uh, the book was written to be the movie. So it's not like this was a book that had been around and they changed the characters a lot. In, in turning it into a screenplay, they allowed for this. That would be a quick turnaround for a book, too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be. So why ever Sticky was called Sticky years ago, he, you know, he's older now. And he doesn't want his employee calling him that, so we cut off mid-sentence, as he said. We're, let's get something Thanks straight, Derry. The, the name Sticky, Sticky is out. And I love that Fred, because, you know, he's a military man, immediately seemed, he's fine with this. He's like, yes, Mr. Mark, I understand. You don't want to be called your nickname? I won't call you your nickname. I, I, I love that he's fine with that. There's no argument. But the face that he makes right after, and I caught this on <laughs> first watch yesterday, was amazing. And it was one of my <laughs> favorite parts, you know, just it just... It modernized it in the way that for maybe some of our younger listeners, it's kind of like the, the SpongeBob meme of like, oh, okay, I won't call <laughs> you sticky. <laughs> like, it's amazing. That deadpan face. I mean, what an acting choice. Uh-huh. He could have, you know, had, had a sad expression on his face because, you know, the time of them working side by side is over and, you know, suddenly yeah. his equal coworker is is above him and you know that could be sad no he makes like the spongebob face it's amazing <laughs> it's iconic and it it, it brought like a, a realness to this film for me because well, i mean it was all real but i mean that you know there it, it feels like an old film they're all you know talking in these accents that, that, that not well kind of accents they're they're acting styles everything you know feels yeah. very old and then it's just you know deadpan you know what, I've never seen The Office, but like, you know, from The Office, like just <laughs> look at the camera, you know, like really I'm not putting up with this. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially Fred yeah, is like that. Sassy. Uh, so yeah, then Sticky says this, this week, week we're, we're pushing the new champagne, champagne bubble bath preparation. $1.98 for the large jar. And he crouches down behind the counter and says, down, down here, here are some special made. And Fred's kind of ignoring him. So he says, come yeah. here, down here are some down specially here. made up toilet sets. Yeah. 
And we kind of fade out on him talking as Fred crouches down and we fade to the Corn Belt Bank. And Al walking in in I don't know how much you pay attention to the way the director does things or the camera use, but this shot is a kind of a William Wyler thing where we follow Al from the right across the bank. And it's one long shot. Mm -hmm. He walks past other workers. He says, good morning, Mr. Prue. And Prue says, morning. He he opens the little gate in like their cubicle sections for some woman to go through. She says, thank Thank you. you. He says, morning, Mr. Latham. We, Latham's on the phone, but he does wave a little bit. And Latham's talking to someone on the phone. So he has an appointment with something. And Al gets over to his own sort of cubicle area where his he secretary. He got his job pretty quick after this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was away, and then bam, so, you know, very easy. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last time on how it was sort of a a uh, optics thing. It looks good for the bank if they're going to give out GI loans and they're going to have a GI. I have a veteran there supervising it. And he had experience at the bank. I mean, they make him in charge of stuff now, which he wasn't before. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's both a good thing. And because he doesn't really like it, it's not that great a thing, but yeah. better to have something than nothing, I guess. He did what he had to do for sure. It's yeah. Difficult enough to find a job after that. Well, yeah. And in the movie, the implication at the end is that he still has the job. In the book, he quits. Oh, okay. He quits after the problem with Novak. And then at the end of the book, it's implied he's actually going to go into business with Novak, the guy that he gives the loan to, and work on his farm. Al's secretary says, good morning, Mr. Stevenson. She sets a large bundle down on the desk, and he says, what What have we here? The The Bretton Woods Woods Agreement? agreement? Which I did look up, of course, because that's who I am. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Robert (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, named for Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, where delegates from 44 nations met. In July of 44, they met for three weeks, the 1st through the 22nd, to agree on rules for a new international monetary system, which created the International Monetary Fund, which we still have today, and moved countries off of the gold standard. Because the U.S. had three-quarters of the world's gold, other countries' currencies would now be on a U.S. dollar standard. So essentially, the value of the dollar would dominate the world economically. So Wow. System collapsed in 1971, though it does sort of exist still. It had a major collapse in 71 after Nixon deliberately devalued the dollar. But basically it was supposed to create a situation where countries would not have trade wars with each other. And we definitely have trade wars with each other, so yeah, it doesn't quite work. But the IMF, if nothing else, was a good thing because it gave countries a safety net. And would have been a really big agreement. I couldn't figure out how big the actual agreement would have been, but yeah, it'd be something like this. It's kind of funny. And she says that's a Mr. Novak waiting waiting over there. there. I I filled out out the basic basic form. form. He's applying for a GI loan. And I will talk more about the GI Bill in the next few episodes because it comes up in more detail. The basics, it was the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, signed in June 22nd, among other things that set up low-interest loans for veterans, except, oddly, merchant marines for some reason. And it was for them to start a business or a farm, which is why Novak is there. Is the free college education part of this? I don't think that was part of this one. No, that is not accurate. But as I said, there will be more detail on the GI Bill in the next couple episodes. Not this one. Okay. I just what I associate with GI Bill. So it was just, it was interesting. Well, right. GI Bill is kind of what they call a bunch of bills. But at, uh, in 44, the GI Bill was this one, the Servicemen's Readjustment Act. But there's been a few things that we've called the GI Bill. Al says, I'll oh, go God, see him. Man. Secretary goes back to her desk and Mr. Novak comes over. Al says, sit down, Mr. Novak. A man named Novak came and sat by Al, flat-headed, broad-jawed, stead of face. He was bohemian. He wore a globe and anchor pin. Al didn't wear his ribbon anymore, the ribbon of the Silver Star. 
Not very often. People asked too many questions, and he saw covert the smile of other men who'd also served who had no silver star or any other kind of star. Novak says, thank you, sir. And now we finally get the camera changes. We get a rack focus of Al sitting on the left, and Novak is facing us. As Al says, don't, don't serve me, me, Mr. Mr. Novak. Novak. I'm, I'm a sorry. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that before. Another podcast that right now I cannot remember right now, learning about the, the military and you cannot serve a sergeant at all. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and Novak smiles at this, which is good. He, he gets it because he was, although he wasn't the same kind of soldier as any of these men, but he was in the military. And Thank says, you, Marine see- Corps Movie Minute. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching me that, because <laughs> there were some, yeah, there, there were some things in this movie where I was just like, you know, I just, I, I wish that I knew that specific thing about the military. I yeah, and uh, he says, I see you were in the Navy, night. and that's where we get the the last line. This man is Novak saying, yes, yes sir. sir. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, I was in the CBs. The CBs uh, were, of course, not active soldiers exactly. CB is Construction Battalion. This was United States Naval Construction Battalion. Because prior to Pearl Harbor, we had roughly 70,000 civilians working on U.S. bases. But if a base is attacked, they cannot legally fight. They could actually get in trouble. And so after Pearl Harbor, the idea was kind of a put around before, but after Pearl Harbor, we formed the Seabees, which essentially had construction workers that were trained to fight. And it was funny, the one description I saw, because it'd be soldiers on one side were like in their 20s, you know, they're all young. But then the Seabees would be mostly in their 40s, because they were guys who would work as as construction workers and then join the military to do this. And so they'd be older. And there was a movie, I think it came out around this time, um, The Fighting Seabees with John Wayne, which was a fictionalized and apparently very inaccurate account of the Battle of Wake Island, where this was a big problem. The construction workers had to fight, and that's bad because they could get in trouble. But it's a big propaganda piece about how we needed construction people in the, in the military. So, so why couldn't the military fight then? You, you, you couldn't, you wouldn't need construction workers then, I guess. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting concept. Well, well, they did. I mean, he, he says next minute, Novak points out that he was served in the Pacific. And in the Pacific theater of World War II, we were going from island to island. In Europe, they're taking over cities and, you know, there's buildings already there. Mm -hmm. When you take over an island in the South Pacific and you want to base a military group there, you need to build things. True. You need to build barracks. You need to build whatever. And so you need construction workers with you. And they couldn't have civilians anymore because we're at war. Right. Okay. I see. And so Novak's one of those. So unlike Homer and Fred and Al, he might not have seen any actual fighting. Of course. Yeah. I work in a in a nursing home, and we just had Veterans Day, and I know I was speaking to someone who, I mean, I know this is a bit different, but I know they said that they were stationed in Colorado, and mm-hmm. they hadn't seen fighting, and they were like, well, why am I even being honored as a veteran? You know, I was just on this base for a couple of years, and, <laughs> you know, nothing. <laughs> well, it depends when you were there and what you were doing. I mean, in some way, you yeah. probably backed up the active soldiers. The CBs certainly did. I mean, if not for them, the soldiers didn't have anywhere to live on these islands or operate out of. So they were very useful. They basically worked construction and demolition. They built things and they destroyed things. That's actually where we leave Al this minute. He's at his desk at the Corn Belt Bank meeting with John Novak. This is a strange question, and maybe I am again confusing Mm -hmm. white men, but is Novak? (laughs) I I, I swear, I'm just like... 
Who is that? Who is that? So I can't remember Fred's wife's name. Marie. Marie. Was Novak one of her men? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Because one of them looked suspiciously like Novak, and I'm like... Well, one of them was a Navy man, so maybe he had a similar look in the casting. Oh, that's yeah. it. All the Navy looks the same. Heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we've learned today. All Navy men look alike. <laughs> you get anything out of this episode. That's it. <laughs> anything else on this minute or on the movie? Um, the characters who aren't in this minute. Yeah. I, I understand you are probably doing some minutes with another group later right i am yeah yeah i think later yeah later in this in this film in the endless film yeah I'm yeah it's so many groups <laughs> Curtis please yeah but yeah I'm, I'm doing another week okay later i believe minute 130 and on oh so not for a while 130 is one of them <laughs> hoping that it's close to my my favorite scenes of that wedding what a beautiful ending oh the ending yeah Tied up so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> part of me is like, oh, it's so long. And then the other part of me is like, well, you know what? I mean, it was so saturated with important issues that what could you leave out? Yes. Right. Yeah. And it was built that way. I mean, they basically commissioned the novel and Cantor went and wrote the novel, which he wrote sort of in unrhymed poetry. It's not prose exactly. Mm-hmm. And they liked what he wrote, but they also immediately changed parts of it. Like Homer is a very different character in the book because he doesn't just, he's not missing his hands. He has more of a, a less visually obvious problem. Right. He has more of like a traumatic brain injury and like he shakes and has trouble walking and talking. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like they were, they were kind of showing a little bit of the PTSD. Yeah. Kind of in like the little like outburst, but still, yeah, it was, it was interesting that we didn't see as much of a, a PTSD or well, something like that. It's because of when this movie was made. They wouldn't show much of that. Like it was a big deal that they showed a guy with no hands right. who was an actual soldier who lost his hands in, on a military base. Mm-hmm. He was working with explosives. And that none of them, none of them died. I was thinking maybe someone, you know, especially during it was Homer, you know, doing doing some shooting that, you know, no one, I mean, committed suicide, although it was so soon after no. <laughs> that maybe that epidemic that, of a, a veteran's that, That's another suicide. thing in the book, actually, mm-hmm. is Homer tries to kill himself. Yeah. But because he has trouble holding his gun, he kind of misses. Oh. And Fred comes into the bank intending to rob it. That's not in the movie. They're not going to go that dark. Yeah. yeah. Even though they're trying to show things that were wrong with soldiers coming home. They still got to deal with the code in Hollywood because some movies just didn't get released. Oh, that's true. We talked about one a couple minutes ago with Sarah, a documentary about soldiers in a mental hospital, and it, that documentary did not get released because they didn't want anyone to see that. Mm-hmm. So you had to be careful. Even this movie had an FBI file just on this movie because of the way it presents divorce and the way it presents alcohol consumption, you know, that those are okay. Even though it's not really saying alcohol consumption is okay, it's just saying... People with problems might drink. Anyway, in the meantime, to the audience, I'd say thank you for listening. We have been Robert E.G. Black and Alice Lauren of I Hope It Exists. Greetings from Waterfalls. Well, it does exist, even as is. It already has an episode out there, but hope we can get some more recorded coming up. But Alice, you're also on some other things if you want to promote them. So hopefully we'll be back from a hiatus on the Now You've Seen It movie podcast, talking about all your favorite classic sometimes nerdier films with people who've never seen them. So it's like best years of our lives would have, would have been perfect <laughs> for us. Any guesting that I do, you can find on my Twitter at pod socialite. 
My Facebook is Alice Lauren. If you're on TikTok, Podcast Socialite is my TikTok. So yeah, just come talk to me and then we'll definitely have some fun. And if you want to know how our show is going, you can find updates on how far we've gotten on Greetings from Wonderfalls on Twitter at Wonderfalls Pod, Instagram and Facebook, Greetings from Wonderfalls. You can find the Best Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com, or follow the show on social media at Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook, and on Twitter at The Best Minutes. So please, join me here next time on the Best Minutes Podcast. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.